This is another message from Glory City Church by Pastor Catherine Renala. For more information, go to glorycitychurch.com.au. Um, I didn't get to see. Give me a wave if you were at the Prophetic Summit. Can I see hands? Oh, a few of you. Well done. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, so wonderful to hear what the Lord's saying. If you um, would like to read some of the prophetic words that have come out from different prophets around the nation. Thanks, Benji. Um, you can go to, there's two ways you can do that. There's a Facebook page where we put regular updates of prophetic words as they come out uh, from around the nation. And that is the Australian Prophetic Council. So you can just follow it, like it and follow it on Facebook and you'll get those updates uh, fairly regularly coming through. And then also there's the australianpropheticcouncil.com.au webpage where we're also putting those um, updates if you want to have a look. And it's worth it's worth taking it and reading it. You see, if you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. And when the prophets begin to speak, it's worth taking it, weighing it, and receiving it deliberately, saying, yes, God, I want to be aware of what you're saying, what you're doing, and I want to position myself to cooperate. You know, this is, this is just such a big key. If we actually understand that the dinner bell's ringing, and when it's ringing, you go and get your food, you go and take it, then you actually begin to grow. You really begin to uh, step out into the divine invitations that God's got for us. But we've got to recognize it. We've got to see these divine invitations in order to be able to respond. And unless we're hearing it, we're not actually, uh, we're not able to hear what God's uh, inviting us into. So, you know, God speaks in many different ways, but one of the ways he speaks is through the prophetic word. And I think that's a powerful thing uh, to be able to do. So I'd encourage you to get on there, share it around, share the page, um, because we want as many Aussies as possible listening. I got Americans on that page writing saying, oh, we'll take that for America too. It's like, good on you. Hallelujah. But we're going to have it as well. Hallelujah. And we're going to receive it with open arms and with grateful hearts. Hallelujah. And it's been beautiful to connect with um, prophets from all different um, streams. And we are really developing magnificent friendships with senior leaders and um, prophets from around the nation. Um, and because we all prophesy in part. And sometimes, you know, if a word gets released that we feel is a little bit incomplete or perhaps it's just a word of knowledge that doesn't have a word of wisdom in it, uh, we, we take it to the rest of the prophets and we encourage them to go deeper, to look further, because we believe the prophetic word should be the testimony of Jesus, like it says in the book of Revelation. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And the testimony of Jesus is that as Jesus was when he walked on the earth, so he is today, hallelujah, glorified. Uh, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Jesus always manifested himself as the answer. In that every time someone came to him for help, whether they needed food, whether they needed healing, whether they, whatever it was they came and asked him for, without fail, every single time, Jesus manifested himself as the answer. Yes? It's, it's in the book, in, in the scripture. Every single time, there's not one time Jesus didn't manifest himself as the answer to them when they came looking for help. He didn't heal everybody, but he healed everybody who came to him. He, he didn't, he didn't uh, you know, feed everybody, but he fed everyone who came to him with need. Yes? 
So in the same way, we believe when a prophetic word is released, it should be the testimony of Jesus within it. So, so just stating what God's doing or, or stating what's happening without actually bringing a word of hope, bringing the word of what, what the answer, how, how Jesus wants to be the answer in that is, I believe, an incomplete word. And we're looking for, for God to really mature us in the prophetic so that we have words of knowledge, words of prophecy and words of wisdom as to how to take hold of that, what to do with that uh, and what God wants to do. To, if you hear a prophetic word that just is releasing doom and gloom, and there's no answer in it, then it's not, I believe, a, a mature word. Because the Bible tells me that the, the pro prophecy is, you know, the, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And so if it's not testifying of the answer, then I believe it's an incomplete word. I think you need to help me a little bit more with this. Yes, hallelujah. It's, we read the same book, Shaka Bahasa. And I uh, am... And so we're really seeking to release mature words that, that can really be an encouragement uh, and help in, in uh, helping us to pray and getting those words out to the different prayer networks throughout all the different denominations. And they're praying into it and it's exciting. Hallelujah. Because we're not called to survive. We're called to thrive. We're not called to be on the defensive. We're called to be on the offense. I shared that uh, the other week from Carlos Anacondia, uh, who saw the, the incredible Argentine revival. And he was, he was giving the example of a boxer in the ring, that if, if he, uh, a boxer stops being on the offensive, he starts taking hits. And we don't want to live just trying to defend ourselves, trying to survive and trying to get by. God is waiting for us to actually lay hold of what he's got for us and begin to use the weapons of our warfare, which are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. Hallelujah. And to be on the offensive because God is for you. He is so for you and he loves you. Hallelujah. And so I just, I want to encourage you. God, God is wanting to, um, he's wanting to speak to you. And we live in this, this, year that we're in, uh, 5774 is what we've come out of. In the Hebrew year, we're now entering 5775, which I thought was interesting. It came out at the council. That's, that's like a mirror, 57 and 75. And interestingly, how, how God is speaking a lot through um, Corinthians and through first, uh, Second Peter chapter 1, that we need to be as people that are looking in the mirror of God's face and recognizing our identity. God's answering the prayers of Ephesians chapter 1 that we've been praying, Paul's prayer, that we would uh, have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, enlighten the eyes of our understanding so that we can know the hope of our calling, the riches of his glorious inheritance in us, the saints, and the greatness of the power toward us who believe. And that comes through looking at him because the bible says as he is so are we in this world so we need to get to know him we it's through the knowledge of him that we are partakers of the divine uh, nature and it's through knowing him looking in the mirror of his face letting him remind us that we've been cleansed from our sin that we've been forgiven hallelujah that we're not defined by condemnation we're not defined by our past we're not defined by our performance but we're defined by the performance of christ and the more we see him 
the more we are like him because the more we begin to believe. Ah, hooray, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And he's amazing. He's lovely. Ah, he's wonderful. And everything that you see and love about him, he's now saying, everything that I have, I give to you. My nature, my righteousness. Ah, it's all yours. Hooray. Yay for Jesus. So when we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. So, so we, by faith, lay hold of that forgiveness and we say, thank you, Lord. You know, I believe it's so important. Um, 5775, if you look at, at 57 in the um, Hebrew, it's the word ayin, which means to see and by implication to obey. And we're living in the decade of the seer. This is, a, this is a time where we're really beginning to see, uh, I believe, with fresh eyes. There's a Holy Ghost awakening happening. Hallelujah. And he's giving us eyes to see. This is why I've been praying for salve in this season, like Joel was prophesying before, ask for rain in the time of rain. In this decade of seeing, we should be asking for supernatural help. Give me salve to really see what I need to see so that I don't walk around half blind or, or like I'm just dreaming. I don't want to walk around. I mean, daydreaming with God is great, but God is asking us to be fully aware and fully awake. Hallelujah. So that we can recognize the divine invitations. We can begin to in be intentional with our sight. We can be in intentional about looking and seeing what God wants to reveal. And by implication, to obey it. You see, I believe we're in such a season of divine acceleration right now that there's an invitation to, to see God do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask, hope, or imagine. Oh. But in that, in that time of acceleration, there's also this holy reverential awe of God that, that I feel God bringing us into too, that there's a, there's a greater need for obedience. I remember years ago, just driving on the freeway and I was in a hurry to get to a meeting and I was just edging over the 100 mark. And I was thinking of my mother. She used to tell me the angels jump off at over 100. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> you know, all right. But, but I just edging over. And the Lord spoke to me so clearly. And he, he said, disobedience at high speed causes crashes. I went, mm. And then I began to think about it. You know, if you're a learner driver and you're just going around the car park, and you forget to indicate, you're less likely to cause a big crash than you are if you're, if you're traveling at 100 kilometers an hour and you don't indicate or you make an illegal lane change, you could not only kill yourself, you can kill a whole family. You could, you could kill many people because increased pace requires increased focus and more attention to the importance of obedience. And this is a season we're entering into. It's, it's, it's glorious, but it's also serious. This is like you actually, you've been asking for this. And he's saying, yes, it's yes and amen. Let's go for it. Greater works than, than these shall they do. And he's inviting you to begin to see what you've never seen before. He's been inviting us into just everything. It's so exciting what he's got for us. And I want to share some scripture with you tonight. But in that season and in that invitation, is also the call to higher levels of obedience. Because if we can swiftly obey, the, the more quickly we learn to hear and heed his voice, 
the more quickly we can move with him and accomplish the glory covering the earth as the waters cover the sea. Hallelujah. As he allows the glory of God to shine through us, as he allows us to really uh, step out and do the greater works that he's asked us to do. The Bible tells us he's laid up good works in advance for you to do. That's good. That's for you, every one of you. God has laid up good works for you to do. And they're, I mean, when God calls them good, they're really good. But we need to have eyes to see and we need to be willing to say, yes, God, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, I'll be obedient. I just love Pastor Joel's um, little testimony there about, you know, having to turn back when he'd walked past. But you see what an opportunity would have been missed if he hadn't been obedient. And God's looking for us to recognize that his ways are better than our ways. His thoughts are better than our thoughts. He's, he's a gloriously good God. And, uh, and he doesn't want to lead you into shame, pain, and disgrace. He wants to bring double recompense. Hallelujah. And he wants his glory to be revealed. Hallelujah. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn with me to Amos chapter 3. Oh, I get so happy. I just want to squeal or do a dance. I can show Because I tell you, this time that we're living in is so exciting. God has got exceedingly abundantly above. And that is not something we should just get familiar with. That is something we need to recognize. <gasps> okay, this is real. It's on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amos chapter 3, verse 7. Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret counsel to his servants, the prophets. You know, I believe that God is looking for us to recognize that God wants to reveal secrets to us. He wants to speak to us. I mean, God's doing a lot, and he says he does nothing without revealing that to his prophets. So there's got to be some people who really need to be listening. God is looking for us, I believe, to begin to, to really intentionally incline our ear to him, intentionally allow him to begin to speak to us and show us things that he wants to show. God's looking for us to stand in his counsel so that we can hear what he's saying and we can proclaim what he's saying. I, I had a, um, an encounter a while ago and I, I'd taken the kids to go and get an eye test and they went, I, you know, I sat with each one of them as they went through, had their eyes tested. And um, then I thought, well, I probably should get my eyes tested too. So I, I, I sat and had eye tests too. And they did the standard tests. And then the optometrist said, She's, um, do you mind if I just do another test? I said, sure. And so she did another test. And, and she said, can I just try something else? And she did another test. I thought, I've just sat through three eye exams and you didn't do any of that then. So what's going on? And she said, it's, it's really surprising, but you can see things other people can't see. I thought, this is interesting. It was a couple of years before, I, I had, you know, just slightly less than 2020, not enough to get glasses. But suddenly she said, it's, it's so good. It's like, you know, I want to try some more things, see what, see what you can actually do. And I went home and I was just sitting out the back and I, began, I thought, I'm going to use my eyes. <laughs> see what I can see. 
And I began to look and I could, you know, I was looking to the furthest tree in the distance. And, and then the Lord just began to speak to me. He says, I want to release sight to the body like I've never seen, like they've, they've never experienced before. I want to show them more than they've seen. And as I began to look, he said, do you want to see some more? And then in the spirits, all of a sudden, I was where I was looking. And I could see the insects. I could feel the leaves of the tree. I was in the tree. And then he said, what, do you want to see some more? And I lifted up my eyes and suddenly I could see the same distance again. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, Catherine, I want to show my people as far as they're willing to look. And I, I, it, it, it took me by surprise. I'm, whoa, Jesus. And I began to think about that. You know, the Lord is saying that he is inviting us. He wants to show us things to come. He wants to show us detail. He wants to show us color. He wants to show us distance. But it, he's looking to reveal it to his friends. He's looking to reveal it to those who are willing to take time to allow the Holy Spirit to begin to show them things. Have a look at John 15, 15. Are you still with me? I haven't freaked you out yet. Hallelujah. John 15, 15 says, No longer do I call you, uh, call you slaves, for, for the slave does not know what his master is doing. But I've called you friends. For all things that I've heard from my Father, I've made known to you. Hang on. That's, that's, did you just hear what's on the table? What's available? Let me read it to you again. No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing. But I've called you friends. For all things that I've heard from my Father, I've made known to you. These things are hidden. It's a little bit like hide and seek. The Bible says that um, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter and it's the glory of kings to seek them out. The word see is in that seek. And actually in worship tonight, I, I had a vision of, of somebody playing hide and seek. It's hide and seek with God in a forest. And they, they didn't know, they, they were getting a, feeling a little bit lost, feeling a little bit frustrated. They couldn't find him. And then all of a sudden, God just jumped out and grabbed them and <gasps> hugged them. And there was delight and there was joy and there was surprise. And I could feel it. I could feel the joy as he was speaking it to me. That's part of the color, I believe, that God's wanting to reveal to us as he speaks to us. He wants us to experience the emotion of his heart. But he, um, And I felt the Lord saying that there's people who have been seeking who are about to be surprised by the joy of God. They're about to be surprised at how God is going to manifest his life and his light to them. Hallelujah. And, you know, if you don't give up, if you don't change the subject, if you are persistent, it's in that persistence, it's in that uh, unwavering perseverance, seek and you will find. But we're not to lose heart. Hallelujah. If you faint not. Um, you know, do not grow weary of well-doing, for in the end you will reap if you faint not. God's looking for us to keep looking, to keep pressing, to keep persevering. Hallelujah. And, and he also hides things in the Word of God, things that we can read over and just go, oh, that's nice, and not even recognize that it's actually piping hot, glorious food that he's wanting us to have. 
These are divine promises. I so appreciated that prophetic word. I don't remember who, who gave it, but about the promises being yes and amen. Who was that again tonight? Esther. Hey, Esther. Hello. I so appreciated that because the, this is one here. You could read that and go, oh, that's nice. But he says, it's yes and amen to you in that I've not called you a slave anymore. I've called you a friend for all things that I've heard from my father. I've made known to you. He reveals his secrets to his servants, the prophets. But now he calls us friends. And he says, not only am I revealing a few secrets, everything I'm making known to you. I don't know if you got that. All things that I've heard from my Father, I've made known to you. This is, this is not just, you know, the Scripture speaks in layers. And, and this is, this is a, a hidden treasure that God is saying, I'm willing to show you more than you've seen. I'm willing to help you. I want to be your helper beyond what you have asked for. I, I was sharing um, the other week about John 11:11. 11, 11. People say, why do I see 11, 11 all the time? You know, I'd like, I don't know. I, I used to think that's a bit strange. But then suddenly, all of a sudden again, God started showing me 11, 11 all the time. I thought, what is, is there something in this, God? What are you, what are you saying? And then the Lord, the Lord said, John 11, 11. And the scripture, John 11, 11, is Jesus says to his disciples, Lazarus sleeps and I go that I might wake him up. And then when I looked up the word Lazarus, because, you know, he hides things so that we can find it. The word Lazarus means God is helper. And God is wanting to awaken us to the reality that he wants to be our helper beyond what we have understood. He wants to help us out of our slumber and he wants to help us in every single moment of our lives. He wants to help us. You see, we have not because we ask not. And the Holy Spirit stands jealously by going, I could so help you with that. But we don't have his help because we don't ask for it. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. Become intimate with him. Become intimately acquainted with him. Become his friend. Begin to know him. Begin to ask him. Ask him to show you. Ask him to, to help you. We rely so much on our own understanding. Even often the things that we see, we, we interpret in our own understanding. And the Holy Spirit's going... Oh, guys, I want to show you more, but seriously, you need to steward what I'm giving you right now. Ask me for help. I want to interpret it for you. I want to show you. I want to lead you. I want to help you. It's a divine invitation. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give to you. Ding-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling. There's another little dinner bell there. You know, God's heart for us is that we would recognize that he wants us to be his friends. He says, you're my friends if you obey me. And that as you, as you recognize that he's wanting, he's not wanting to be your acquaintance. God's wanting to be your friend, the one that you walk with, the one that is closer than a brother, closer than a husband, a wife, a mother, a father, a daughter, a son. He wants to be intimately acquainted with you because he wants to share with you. He created you 
in his image so that you and he could have fellowship. And that is not fellowship that happens occasionally. That's not fellowship that happens just here and there. He is inviting you into a relationship where he wants to show you everything that's on his heart. It's a bit bigger than I think we understand. Hunger won't be satisfied with what we've had. And he spells out here what's available. God is looking for us, I believe, to allow him to just come and clear the chalkboard of our heart. I bought a little chalkboard the other day at Spotlight with the girls and you know, they've, they've got a, a party coming up and we, it was painted you know, black. And uh, the first thing I want to do is find some chalk and write on it because it's like painted blackboard. It's just begging to be written on. You ever know, do you know that feeling? It's like, oh, I just have to draw on that. <laughs> I think she's so childlike. Well, I hope I stay that way. <laughs> but you know, God is waiting for us to allow him to clear the chalkboard of our hearts because he longs to show you some things that you haven't seen yet. But we tend to clutter it up. We fill it up with all sorts of entertainment, with all sorts of things. And God's saying, if you only knew, if you only knew how much I have for you, if you only knew what I want to say, if you only knew the secrets I want to share with you. And you know, I had an encounter a couple of weeks ago in worship, that's why I love Friday worship. It's just this, we've got plenty of time for him to, to reveal things. And I, I just so honor our worship team that they, they leave space for the Holy Spirit to speak. Hallelujah. And I so, it's just an incredible blessing. If I, when, I, when I travel, I can't wait to get home just to be in the worship. And it's not that we're better than anybody else, but just that opportunity as family to be able to seek the face of God. And so often he speaks to me in worship. And I remember, um, I think I was just personally worshiping at home, which I highly recommend. And he, I saw a vision of the eye of God and he, he pulled me right up into his eye and right, right through it to the other side and began to ask, would I like to begin to see out through his eye? And I thought about that as, as the Lord was speaking to me today about the prophetic and the desire of God. I mean, uh, you, you read elsewhere in um, Zechariah and Amos, uh, in, who, who, when the Spirit of God's moving, who can but prophesy? But he's waiting for us to actually begin to use what he's given, waiting for us to begin to allow him to speak. And he wants to reveal it to us in such a way that, you know, the eye is the window of the soul. And God is not looking for us to just see with a cold, calculated view so that we can say, isn't that good? I saw something. But he's actually wanting us to give us his heart. He's wanting us to feel his heart, to know his heart, to understand the color of what he's doing. In the, the color is as in the emotion of God's heart about what he's saying. So that we won't prophesy just coldly or or just information, but it will come with the love and the heart of God. You can prophesy all mysteries, but if you have not love, you've got nothing, the Bible says. 
And he's wanting to release to us a greater revelation of his heart so that we can see what we haven't seen before and deliver it in such a way that when people hear the word of God, it'll resonate in their hearts because they'll feel the love of God. Hallelujah. Our magnificent Jesus. There's so much more I would like to, to share with you, but I, I want to take some time tonight to pray for people. And we're going to have our team, team pray. But I want to, if I can, whet your appetite to begin to hunger and thirst for him. God is inviting us to begin to dream his dreams. He's inviting us into divine invitation like we've never experienced before. You know, I believe that God's wanting us to begin to recognize what, he's, what he is dreaming about for our lives, what he's dreaming about for our city, what he's dreaming about for our nations, and wanting us to begin to rise up and begin to prophesy it, begin to declare it, begin to see it, begin to say it, begin to pray it. Hallelujah. A lot of people have the attitude, well, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, I, I could do that. And we know that. Yeah, I could do that. But really, if we, if we get honest with ourselves, the, the statement should be, I could do that if I wanted to. In Him, we can do all things. Hallelujah. But He doesn't violate our will. If you want to just sit in front of the TV and just let that fill up your screen, your chalkboard of your heart, you, you are free to do that. But if you actually want to come before the Lord, stand in the counsel of the Lord to seek him until you find him. Seek him and, and, uh, and seek him with all of your heart. The invitation that God has for us is to be, if you want to ask him questions, if you ask the helper for help, the helper wants to help you. More than you know that you need help. More than you want help, he wants to help you. He's so jealous to help you. But I'm... Um, you know, I believe we're coming into a season where God is waiting for us to learn how to respond to what he's saying. And in this season of acceleration, in this season of increased glory and signs and wonders, where the detail, where the, uh, where the, where the glory is being released in a, a far greater measure, we've only tasted a little drip. I tell you what's coming. I mean, Joel was prophesying about it tonight. This downpour, it's not a nice catchphrase. This is glory. Oh, you know, oh, glory where the priests couldn't stand to minister and beyond. That was then, this is now, and he goes from glory to glory. I mean, what's coming is, is awesome, but it's not something to be messed about with. We don't want to miss this season of, invi of invitation. We don't want to miss this season of visitation. We want to be aware of the times and seasons, and we want to position ourselves wisely, rightly, and say, I can see it coming. I can hear it coming. I can feel it. Lord, show me what you want me to do. Tell me to come to you on the water. If that's you, show me. He doesn't leave us as orphans. He doesn't expect you to go about blind, but he said, I will be the light to your path if you'll open up your eyes and let me show you. If you'll ask me for help, I will direct your paths. I, I just, I want you to be real with Jesus. I want you to be real with the Holy Spirit. A lot of people, they hear the word Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, and they think it's so ethereal that it's not tangible. Yet he is a person and he's here right now. And if you'll ask him for help, he's the helper. 
and he's really, really wonderful and wants to give you more help than you've understood. <laughs> 